Hey everybody, this is Mike McFarland, and you're listening to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. Boom. Hey everyone, welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Argumento, and with me tonight is... Founder and CEO of ToonamiFaithful.com and Toonami News, Paul Pascrillo. And... Daniel Sherlock, webmaster of ToonamiFaithful.com. You sound so disappointed. Yeah, you were so depressed about that. Okay, I guess we're not going to have you on the show anymore. I was not depressed. Dude, you went like, <sighs> Daniel Sherlock, webmaster of Toonami Faithful, yada, yada, yada. It was very dismissive, sir. I'm offended. Uh, I oh. am offended as well. I didn't mean to offend anybody. <laughs> anyway, That also sounded very half-hearted. I didn't mean to offend anybody. Anyways, we don't care about you, Daniel. Let's get into the stuff here. I care. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to record it? I mean, I could say probably better. I don't know. No, we're recording. No, no. <laughs> Dude, we're making fun of you. It's okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, stop. Okay. Anyways, so should we get into what Quit happened? being emo like Cashern. Oh, yes. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I just had to throw that in. All right. We're good. I like Cashern. I swear. And we're already on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. We're five seconds into the show. We've already lost our train of thought. Oh, my God. All right, so let's get this started. Um, so I said that there was going to be a couple of announcements. Apparently, I can't announce one of them because you guys said no. So I won't announce the one thing. Bitch. Asshole. <laughs> Anyways, um, when we don't have a guest on, we're going to put we're going to have Darrell on the show. Yay, Darrell. And I know Jose loves that because that's his butt buddy. But anyways. Why, why did you have to say that? <laughs> like literally like that. But you guys you just, love each other. You just got like, you, you make it sound really like, <laughs> um, yeah. for lack of a better term, gay. And Oh, you guys. It's not our relationship at all, sir. Our relationship is very different. It's deeper than you could ever understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could talk about that on the next episode. We'll it's talk about it in the next podcast. episode. Oh, uh, yes, and to not be faithful podcast. Monday is at 7 uh, on the <laughs> East Coast. Anyways. Anyways, um, so, yeah, so he's going to be on the podcast now. Yep. Anytime we don't have a guest, because he brings a lot of comic relief. Yep. And I would tell you his Twitter, but he might kill me, so I'm not going to tell you his Twitter. Why? Uh, because he, I think he still wants it to be secret, even though he told everybody when he was drunk the other night, so... <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna Do let it. I'm gonna let him I'm gonna let him plug it when he comes on. So. All right, all right, all right. You can Just, follow him on Twitter though. Go find him. Yeah, you'll. I'm. It's very obvious, but I'll let him plug it. So, uh, next, what we have to tell you guys about is we're almost we're basically a month away from RockCon, which is September 21st to the 23rd Woo! in Rochester, New York, and the times that I have in front of me, or at least that's what they were before. Um, on Friday, it'll be from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Saturday, it'll be from 10 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Sunday, it'll be 10, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. So I'm going to be a very busy boy on those three days. I'm not and, going. And <laughs> I know you're not going because we don't have money. Yeah. Maybe you guys can change that, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, if you want to donate to the show, feel free. Or, you know, buy the shirt. Or one of the shirts, I should say. Or click have... every single ad. Seriously. <laughs> yes. Clicking the ads 500 times does give us money. Yes. It really, all... does. it really does. <laughs> it really does. I got 10 whole dollars uh, this month that I can't even get. You spam it because that won't count. What? Yeah. 
Unless you're a bot and you spam it, that won't count. Yeah, don't be a bot. Be a, be a human and spam it. That's okay. <laughs> be, a, be a human and spam <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyways. Yes. Um, and I also wanted to announce that we have a guest coming on um, September 2nd. It's uh, Jargon and Russ. Um, if you guys have heard Jargon's song, uh, Majin Vegeta, it's actually on TsunamiFaithful.com right now. Jose. And, um, Shut up. <laughs> you guys can go there and listen to it and hear what kind of music they have. Uh, they'll be on the second, so if you guys have any questions, you know, hit us up on the talk back. And, and also, Jose, you put up something? Um, did I? Yeah, I think you did. I don't remember. This day has been such a blur. <laughs> <laughs> don't you remember this little no, video? No, no, no. Yes, I remember. Of course I remember. Um, for those of you that uh, are subscribers to the podcast, you got something as a little surprise yesterday right before Tanami, before I actually announced it. Um, you got an exclusive video interview with Kyle Labor, who was very kind enough to come back on the show and, and do an interview with me at AFO. Very after hours. Um, See, we said it wasn't going to only be audio. Yeah, I told you it wasn't only going to be audio, guys. And we have uh, we have the Richie interview coming soon. Promise you're going to get it as soon as it's up. I'll uh, take that tonight. Hopefully we'll get take care of that tonight. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it was a fun interview. Uh, I look very nervous on camera because... Uh, I'm looking back and forth between him and the camera because I don't have a cameraman this time around. And you're also you're also very bright. Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? Wait, what? <laughs> that bright yellow shirt you have on that I oh. love to make fun of you about. Oh, my my jersey? Yeah. yeah. It's noticeable. A lot of people remember me because of that. Because <laughs> I make fun of you about it. Yeah. No, not because of that. Because they f***ing remember the jersey. Stop trying to say that people make fun of me because of it. A lot of people actually give me compliments on that jersey because it's like, oh, yep, jello jersey. Nobody nobody at an anime convention is going to wear a yellow soccer jersey, except now they are because I said that on the podcast. Jerks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do have a question about that real quick. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you wear the TsunamiFaithful.com shirt I sent you? Uh, I wore it on Saturday, and we recorded that on Sunday. So I can't wear the same shirt two days in a row. You should have worn it. Yeah, but it got a lot more noticed on Saturday because of tired attendance. I just didn't have a chance to do the interview on Saturday because Kyle was busy. So, win some, you lose some. Okay. And next time I... you do the video interview, all right? You do the After Effects and the editing. Don't complain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't complaining. Jesus. <laughs> I was just saying something. Yeah, I didn't want to hear it. Be fine, get out. <laughs> <laughs> We oh just God. air our dirty laundry on the air here, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> we were so civil when Mike was here. <laughs> People don't know about that. Of course they do. We announced it. What, that we have it, a Mike, Mike McFarlane interview today? Yes, yeah. we do have a Mike McFarlane interview coming up in a bit. Um, but yeah, the, the video interview was a lot of fun. Uh, we have way more content coming, guys, including, hopefully I can get through to press relations, but including somebody we've been trying to get on the podcast since the very beginning. And oh God, no, yes. no hints. No hints on this one. Um, I know who it is. Well, it's, uh, well, actually, do you even know who I'm referring to? Because uh, you might not. There's many people we're trying to get on this podcast. But I'm speaking specifically of video. Yes. I, I, if I use the initials, I hope people won't. No, no, no. Don't use the initials. It's too obvious. 
Okay. Um, well, can I use the, the less? Nope. No? Okay. <laughs> Too obvious. We'll talk about it off. <laughs> we'll talk about it off then. <laughs> off the yes. podcast. Anyways. Um, um, now the cool part. Yes, the very cool part. My bright little idea from last week's episode has actually kind of become a real thing. And I need to give huge, huge, huge props to Vemble. So this week I will not make fun of her for not having a computer. <laughs> she actually said that on Twitter last night. She's like, you know, it's times like this where I wish I actually had a computer so I could go on the Toonami Faithful podcast. Nope, not, 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 no, just she needs to get the Skype app on her phone, she, a little headset. Actually, we talked about it. She has Skype on her phone. Exactly. I actually asked her. We, I asked her she too. Has, yeah, she does, but I th- it's a lot better if she has a computer because, you know, phones are not the most reliable, and if it's on Skype... I, I want to get her on the show sooner than later. So, you know, Femble, yeah. if you're out there and listening, uh, just get a headset. We'll get you on the show. We'll make yeah. it happen. I'll make it happen. No, do she it. has to make it happen. We need a headset. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we can do about it. Well, let's talk about this uh, Dead yep. Man Wonderland thing yep. that you got going. My bright idea from last week's episode was we should all get together, save up our monies, and get uh, pre-ordered Dead Man Wonderland, the DVD box set that Funimation's putting out on uh, uh, on a certain day. We've decided, October 9th. N- n- yeah, it comes out October 9th. That's not when you should go buy it. No. <laughs> um, it comes out on Sunday, October 7th. Now, what we're all going to do, what all of us, the Tonami Faithful, are going to do is we're going to wait and wait and wait until that day. And when October 7th comes around, we're going to, all buy as many copies as possible, which means if you want to, buy more than one and give them away at Christmas. Buy more than one copy you know, uh, of Dead Man Wonderland. Just pre-order that set. And what we're trying to do from either Right Stuff or Amazon, we're trying to get it to track and trend. Most people, I think, are going to go to Right Stuff. Um, but if you want to go to Amazon, that's great. Uh, I think the m- more of it is going to be coming from right stuff, to be quite honest. You just need to buy as many copies as you can. If you can only buy one, buy one. But I will for sure being fi- buy for like five and give them out at Christmas. Um, <laughs> so well, you're going to send you know, me one? Sweet, awesome. Um, no, awesome. you guys are a part of this. I'm giving this to people who don't, you know who are not going to buy it. If, if they're really going to listen to us, maybe we should have a giveaway one just for uh no contest. we're not gonna have a giveaway one nope not gonna have a giveaway gonna... one you gotta go nope. buy it nope nope gotta go buy it sorry pre-order it on october 7th maybe Overruled. we'll give away one well down the road but pre-order dead man wonderland october 7th I assume we're not giving it away and maybe we'll give it away with our shut up we're not giving it away (laughs) (laughs) shut up we're not giving it away just keep on listening maybe we'll give it away shut up we're not giving it away (laughs) if you want let me put it to you if you want if you want pre-order it on October 7th okay we're not giving anything away before October 7th and we're not going to be giving it away anytime soon after Yep. But maybe somewhere down the line we might do something. Like six years from now. We'll do it. <laughs> six years. Six, no, when we get enough uh, advertisers and get paid. When, when they pay us to give us when they pay us to give us one, we'll do it. But um hint, yeah, we're Funimation. Actually, hint Funimation. We're actually trying to get Funimation's attention on this. I well, think. actually speaking of this whole thing that you guys are doing, we had a fan make a video. Yes, we did have a fan make a video. Um, and it was it was actually pretty good, though. Apparently, some of the audio is kind of pretty bad. Yeah, the audio needs work. Sorry, Chris. Um, 
but uh, it wasn't it wasn't your voice. Your voice actually came out very clearly. It was the sound effects. You need to turn them down a little bit. Just a tip for next time, because uh, they sometimes overpowered you. And we're going to try to attempt to put that in during the commercial break. Yes. And we may actually use it if we can get like a, a like I, I would say kind of like a toned down audio version of it. So that way we can just, you know, play it every time because it's going to be very crucial for us to actually make this happen and get a season two. Yes. If we can do that, that's going to be epic. That would. And I'll talk about. Yeah, I'll that's the whole reason we're doing this pre-order Dead Men thing because we want a season two. And the best way to show it is to put our money where our freaking mouths are. So Correct. let's do it. <laughs> and um, I also had something that I put out there, but we'll talk about that when we get to the news right here. All right. So I think oh, the we'll get ha- sorry, the news. real quick. The hashtag is pre-order Dead Man Wonderland October 7th. Right. And you guys, if you watch the commercial or you hear it on the podcast, that's you'll see what exactly what it is. And also Jose and Fembo will be tweeting it as well as myself. So just keep an eye if you're confused about what we're trying to trend and whatnot. So Yep, if you have any questions, just ask us. We'll put our hashtags at or not our hashtags, but um our Twitter tags at the end of the show. Like we always do. <laughs> like we always do. And uh, with that, I think we'll get to the news. Um, I'm going to apologize before we get into this. I don't think I missed anything, but if I did, please let us know. Um, but from Facebook and Twitter, this is Toonami News. Um, the first thing that I think was huge that I, that I wanted to report first was that Toonami is now using hashtags. And I believe, Jose, you were the one that said... We were actually talking about this during, uh, I believe, a topic one day on the on the podcast, and you had said how Comedy Central puts the hashtags at the bottom of the the screen when shows are on. What Toonami's actually doing is when they have the intro to a show, for example, the intro to Toonami, now there's hashtag Toonami or hashtag um, Samurai 7. Right, and I, so, I think that's a brilliant idea. Which, by the way, Adult Swim... And Jason, if you guys are listening, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. <laughs> Little too long. <laughs> Little too long. And if you noticed, I got people to trend FMA Brotherhood. Hopefully I, I would, that's good enough. Yeah, I, I hope you guys actually change it to FMA Brotherhood because that's what people are trending and that's what we're going to trend every week because that one's way too long. Yeah, it's hard to make fun of the show with so little characters. <laughs> and we know how you like to make fun of the show. Oh, dude, I love to make fun of Full Metal Alchemist because it's not science. It's freaking magic. Just admit it, guys. It's, it's not- magic. <laughs> You clap your hands so and things come it. out. It's magic. I hate it right now. After this. Wow. What? Wow. I'm going to get so hated? Yes. I say that <laughs> like every that. week on Twitter. I say it every I week on Twitter. But it's I still love the show. Like it's not it's not uh, it's, it's a great, a show, great no. show. It's an amazing show. It's not shit like Bleach. Um <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Bleach finally Bleach went right into action, which was good. <laughs> no, it still sucked. It, it it was okay. It wasn't like anything bad. It's finally off the filler, so oh yeah. thank God. Speaking thank of God. things that suck, tr- Bleach didn't trend. <laughs> yeah, Bleach didn't trend. Actually, you know it's it's really funny because Eric just sent me a tweet that said that Bleach trended and it was on his phone, but what he doesn't seem to understand is it was probably in like a state because nobody sent me a thing. That bleach trend is also his picture or- isn't the 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 Twitter app. No, it's, it's something else. It's something else, so we can't trust it. 
No, we can't trust it. So sorry, Eric, but you fail. Anyways. <laughs> and bleach still sucks. And by the way, getting back to the hashtags, is, I, I want to. I, I kind of want to say thank you to Adult Swim and Jason because you guys did listen to us. I want to make sure that you guys, if you are listening to us on the podcast, thank you for doing that for us because that does help, and it did help us trend everything last night except for bleach. And uh, it also helped us trend what we got um, – it also helped us trend um, some other things too. Yep. Like for example, which is the next story. Tsunami. By the way, if you if you guys are listening, um, I may hate Bleach, but I'm still gonna watch. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Watch and, it every and, week. Uh, <laughs> actually, a couple fans have said that too. Like, they, there's some shows they don't like on Toonami right now, but because they want to keep Toonami, they are watching it. I appreciate all of you yes. that are doing that because. It's just going to lead to us getting better shows, like maybe Outlaw Star. Yeah, nobody's opinion should ever dissuade you from watching Toonami, ever. Because you should watch it. It's amazing. Right. But hey, um, you, might, you might like the shows that are on, eventually. <laughs> eventually. Yeah, I might turn around and like Bleach. No. Yeah. <laughs> Although, okay, I can't say that, because... But do you like Cash and yeah, Sins? Yeah, Cash and Sins was on my nerves for the longest time and now it's really good so i shouldn't even say that about bleach it might turn to it might turn around this uh one yeah but we got to talk about cashier and sins off the podcast because i'm confused about something but okay talk about that later um but getting back to the stories um tsunami actually trended worldwide and actually which we'll get to in a minute about the dollar star commercial um outlaw star actually trended worldwide which was awesome and by the way adult swim and jason if if you guys if you're if you were just like jason said this morning if you're just putting it out there as a favor to bandai it trended worldwide why don't you play it also just you know keep doing that like just keep putting ads out for shows that'd be great Love <laughs> yes please and apparently Jose, you had said to me before we went on the air, or I think actually it was before we did the interview with Mike, um, something about out, uh, not Outlaw Star. Uh, wing. Okay. Uh, according, sorry, according to at uh, DBZ is awesome, a Twitter account sent me a, a tweet that Gundam Wing, uh, the Gundam Wing ad from the April Fool's Day, I guess, actually at ran during I guess Odeka Seven's rerun. Um. I tried to check my recordings, but it turns out I didn't record uh, the rerun of Udeka 7. Yeah, it ain't recorded either. So I have no proof of it. I can't confirm it. Yeah, I can't confirm that either. So if if anybody out there has it, send it to at Toonami News, please. We need some send kind it. of proof. So if right, you right. if you, if you recorded, what, what, what you should do is if you have a little bit of the show before it goes into commercials... Like, play a little bit of the show and then play the ad itself and then the commercials that came afterwards, and then we'll, we'll believe you. Right, and then put it, put it up on YouTube and send us the link so that way we can put it up on the website. Because if it did play, um, yeah, I definitely want to know about it. Yeah. <laughs> if it did play, we, we honestly really don't have any way of knowing. Cause and by the way, also on that subject too – sorry about that. Sorry to interrupt you. It's but okay. Also on that subject, Jason had also said this morning that – this was all a last-minute thing to play those commercials because if you notice, they were from the April Fools. Right. Um, they may actually redo them so that it's kind of like a current one with the current tsunami. But um, he didn't say that it was going to happen. He said they may do it. So don't be surprised if you see that as a promo. You know what I mean? So, 
Um, and by the way, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was about to say that. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Siri just went off for no reason. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> um, so what else here? Oh, and by the way, so speaking of having your own hashtag there, Jose, mm-hmm. um, let me just have a, put a little story to this one. Um, I put out randomly, maybe we should start trending, bring back Sarah, and then a bunch of you retweeted it, like maybe 50 to 100 of you. I uh, didn't really expect that because I was just putting that up as a joke, but then I was like, you know what, let's just try to get it to trend. What the hell? So on um, Fridays and Saturdays, what we're trying to do is get bring back Sarah to trend, hashtag bring back Sarah to trend. Um, we did it on Friday, so it's going to be Friday starting at 9. You're going to do that. And then Saturday at 9, you guys are going to start doing that as well until Toonami comes on and then tweet the shows and Toonami as usual. But uh, getting to my point, <clears throat> last night after uh, Ghost in the Shell, you know, I, I, I'm sitting there and I, I'm, I'm out of amazement. Like, okay, we're trending like everything. Like, I, I would say trend this show. And all of a sudden, like two seconds later, it's trending right after I said it. I'm like, okay, do I have some kind of tweeting power now? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure we were all just doing that. But um, so I said, I was like, so why don't we try and see if we can trend, bring back Sarah? And it trended. So thank you guys for doing that. And They noticed. Oh, they noticed. I think Jason's getting a little annoyed at me because he's like, no, we can't do it. We need money. But he also said, if we keep doing it, it does help. So don't think that him saying ratings, we need ratings to do it, is going to get Sarah. Is not, is it, that's not the only reason to, to you know, not stop tweeting it. Because you need to tweet it because that will help as well. And that's the reason why I decided to do it was because, you know, that's how Toonami came back in the first place because we were tweeting Toonami, bring back Toonami, three days after it aired. You know what I mean? So keep doing it. Keep trying to get it to trend like we did last night, and you know it may be back. she may be back sooner than later. Mm-hmm. So, And uh, the, last, the last news story, which um, I don't know if I can really say that it, there was no new promo because technically that Outlaw Star commercial and – Gundam Wing commercial, if there was one, um, technically is kind of a new promo because we really didn't expect that to be on there. But um, Jason, well, they announced... just had a new lineup promo. Promo, right? That's well, no, no, no. They, they, they didn't. They didn't have a new lineup promo because they they just played the one from last week. Oh yeah, that's right. It was Lucky Seven. So, but I, I expect the new promo because Jason said that the one coming up for this weekend, next weekend coming up, is supposed to be a new promo. So. I'm expecting like to be a whole new channel lineup promo kind of thing where it has all the shows in it and not just the Lucky Sevens one. Mm-hmm. I think that's gonna we're gonna see that probably next week. Who knows? I don't know. I'm I'm I I, I don't expect things anymore because I know that he um, I know that they surprise us with stuff like the the new sh- like two new shows instead of one. So. Yep. Oh, and also the the other thing I wanted to announce, and I just oh, should remember- we do ratings? By the way, we have, we don't have yeah, them in the we'll, outline, but we yeah, we'll talk it. about yeah, we'll talk about ratings here in a minute. But the other thing I wanted to announce too is if you guys noticed um, during the Samurai Seven and Eureka Seven 
uh, intros. There's actually new Tom animations. And I think there may have been a couple other new animations for the Absolution, too. I'm not sure about that. But um, there were two new um, animations of Tom on those uh, intros, too. So you guys should check that out if you recorded Toonami last night. Because it's nice to see that they're actually doing other animations. You know what I mean? Yep. So... And uh, the last thing we'll get into, like Jose just said, the the ratings. Yep. And uh, I'm um, sure has them in front of you. Yeah, I have them. And they weren't really that mm. good. But there again, I mean, those that that this weekend was the closing. Uh, oh. That weekend was the closing of the Olympics, so you know. Okay, down the list we go. <laughs> <laughs> down the list. I love that you didn't even respond. You're just like. Down the list we go. <laughs> Bleach got 774,000 viewers. Ouch. Ew. Dead Man only lost about 10,000, so 764 uh, viewers. Cash Earn, this one hurts me, 682,000 viewers. Ew. Uh, Full Metal, <laughs> 563,000 viewers. Ew. Ghost in the Shell, 491,000. Cowboy Bebop, 482,000. Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. But the reruns, they actually went back up. So that's good. Like, Bleach started out at 529,000, and it goes down until Bebop ends at 435,000. Well, I think you also found out that Bebop, that was its last night. So, Um, But, guys, I think... See, here's the thing that I'd like to see, Jose, and I think you'll agree with me. Same thing with you, Daniel, is I'd like to see... Even though we didn't... Actually, sorry, I just noticed a little trend. Um, after uh, During the rerun run, Bleach did 529,000, and then Dead Man Wonderland did 570,000. So that's pretty good. It went yeah, up. A... And so did Cash and Sins. Cash and Sins went up to 490... Sorry, four, I mean, it dropped from Dead Man, but it went uh, to 549,000. Oh, that's okay. for the West Coast... No, the West Coast is counted in the first uh, couple. Yeah. Really? Yes. West Coast is counted in the first time slot. Oh. Yeah, what they do is they take the two. They take the two and combine them. Yeah. So that way that they have all the ratings. So that's how that usually works. But um, what, I, what I was going to actually say is I think what I'd like to see is because that weekend retrended everything. Yeah everything trended and that was with the olympics still going so what i'd like to see is even though the ratings were down i'd kind of like to see the analytics of twitter how we did on twitter yeah because i think um there's a there's uh, a there's a couple sites out there i had one before but i keep on losing them <laughs> yeah, yeah i, I losing them too um this is me off i'm sure we went into probably over a thousand because there was a lot of tweets for it well over a thousand. Yeah, and I, I, we did really well for it. So I mean, I, I think even though I, I want to put this out to people, even though we didn't do well in the ratings, we did really well with tweeting. So keep that in mind when you guys see sometimes the ratings aren't good because if we trended pretty much everything, then we're still doing really well because they do look at Twitter too, and that's that's the reason why I tell you guys if you just have a Facebook. I know a lot of you don't like Twitter, but we use Twitter to make sure Toonami stays on the air. We don't use it for anything else. I we use just it for it. other stuff. It's awesome. 
Well, I don't want to know what you use it for. I use it to post stuff, dude. It's f***ing awesome. I love well, Twitter. I love I mean, Twitter better than Facebook. Trust me. You will get addicted to Twitter. Well, yes. I, I like I like Facebook better because I can actually say things and I can actually have a page of stuff. Screw Whereas, that. I just want people to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> I have over 200 followers. I'm special now. How many do I have on Tsunami News? You don't count. <laughs> We've been over this. <laughs> oh, God. I love this show. But anyways, so that's the news for this week. And... We'll get to what you guys really want to be on the podcast this week for. <laughs> and that's the Mike McFarlane interview. Woo! Um, so we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Um, we're going to try to put on the commercial for the pre-order Dead Man Wonderland uh, Season 1 DVDs. Thank you, Christopher McCord. I hope I said your name right. Yes, thank you, sir, for doing that. And if you guys haven't seen the video, because we're just going to play the audio, obviously, um, TsunamiFaithful.com. It's on the main page right now, but um, I believe if you just put in the search engine, if it d- disappears from the front page, if you just put in uh, fan video. It's Christian. It's- sorry. So sorry. Christian McCord. <laughs> My bad. Well, we mentioned him. That's that's what the important part. So. My terrible bad. I, I feel bad when I get people's names wrong, though. All right. So we're going to go to commercial break. And on the other side, we'll have the interview with Mike McFarland. I'm sure we all watched the newly revived Toonami on Adult Swim, right? No? And I'm pretty sure we've all seen Dead Man Wonderland. You know that show about that kid who gets framed for murdering his classmates and gets sent to the biggest prison of all? It's pretty hilarious. Yeah, we all enjoy Ganta's crybabiness and Shiro's unhealthy eating habits. But apparently this show only lasted 12 episodes and had a very unsatisfying ending. So on August the 11th of this year, we started a movement on Twitter, just so that Funimation and Adult Swim would be aware that we won a second season. And it worked. Now the possibility of a second season is up in the air, but do you know what would make the possibility even higher? If we all pitched in to pre-order the upcoming Dead Man Wonderland DVD box set. How are we gonna do this? Basically, we're gonna save up all our money and pre-order the DVD box set on October the 7th, a Sunday. Where are we gonna do this? We're gonna pre-order the DVD on either Amazon or RightStuff.com. I personally go with RightStuff, but to be honest, that's really up to you. Now, why do we want to do this? Well, as I said before, we need to raise awareness that we won a second season. We also need to get this DVD trending in the bestsellers list. Just so people can say, hey, when is this Dead Man Wonderland? I might buy this. We are also raising awareness on Twitter by using the hashtag PreorderDeadManWonderlandOct7. So, are you ready to join the movement? I'm sure you are because you really can't say no to this face. Here are the people you can contact for more information. And don't forget to pre-order the Dead Man Wonderland DVD box set October the 7th. And we're back. Yes, we are. Alrighty, and everybody we'd like to welcome to the show, Mike McFarland. Say hi, Mike. Hello, Hello everybody. How's and it going? Uh, It's going great. Thank you for joining us on the show. Um, Thanks, Fred. Uh, it's we're, our pleasure, don't worry. It is our pleasure, definitely. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're definitely going to go through some of the questions, and we have some fan questions at the end here. But uh, first, first things first, the question that everybody likes to ask, so we thought we'd ask it. How did you get okay. started in the industry? Um, well, for the anime industry, I got started in, um, I think it was around 1997. I auditioned for Funimation. It was their first round of auditions for um, voice actors in Texas. They had previously been using the uh, 
Ocean Group to do uh, their Dragon Ball recordings. And they were uh, auditioning local talent to see, um, you know, because they weren't familiar with the local talent pool. Uh, Dallas actually has a very large talent pool. It's one of the top commercial and industrial um, markets in the United States for, um, for actors. So there's actually a bunch of us here. Um, so I got in with the first round of that. Uh, they auditioned about, I don't know, like 100, 120 people or so. And out of that batch, I was one of about 8 to 10 that was cast, uh, Christopher Sabat being another one. So we were the, the first Texas crew for Funimation. Cool. Awesome. Um, and what jobs in particular do you like to take, like voiceovers or ADR directing? Because I know you do a lot of that. Um, well, it's... You know, it's it's the lame answer because they're all my children and I love them equally. But all, <laughs> you know, all all of those jobs are fun in their own right, and I don't really like one more than the other. Um, the line producing and ADR direction is fun because uh, you know it's it's fun to be able to make the creative choices. Of course, you're basing them on pre-existing material, but you know you have to uh, still keep everything fresh as you go. Uh, get you know get the performances out of the actors, check over the material, make sure that it's uh, up to your standards. Uh, and then as far as being an actor goes, it's fun to not have any of those responsibilities and just concentrate on your character and the situation and, you know, pleasing the director. Less responsibility, but still equally or, or if not more so fun because of that. So, Cool. Um, and in a lot of these shows, such as FMA and DBZ, you, you tend to be the ADR director and act in the show. Do you find that to be difficult sometimes or are you used to it by now? Um, I don't find it to be difficult. Normally, if I'm in a uh, series that I happen to also be directing, I'm way, way, way not the lead of the series. Uh, <laughs> some sort of supporting guy. And um, the amount of time it takes to do that is, uh, is not super time-consuming. Um, I try to be equally as critical on my own performance as I am with the other actors that come in. Um, there's a tendency... For uh, if you put an actor in charge of their own performance, they're going to um, they're going to do it way more times than necessary. <laughs> like I, I just want to get it perfect. I'm like it was perfect like six takes ago, man. <laughs> you don't have to keep hitting this thing. It was really fantastic a long time ago. But I, I try to you know, you know hold myself up to those same standards. You know if if I think that it's you know if it fits the animation if the emotional state has been hit if the read is good and everything then i'm you know i'm like okay let's move on to the next line so all right and uh the question about the original fma dub which you did direct a lot of the voice talent came out of house like you know i remember off the top of my head johnny and bosch was in an episode uh, scott mcneil played hohenheim uh, whose idea was it to use actors outside the Texas area because at the time i don't think you guys had done that before um, we had just barely dabbled uh, with doing work like that. Um, uh, actually, it was myself and Colleen Clinkenbeard that directed the uh, were voice directors on the original FMA. Uh, we shared that responsibility, and then I've done you know ninety percent or all of it since then. Uh, Caitlin Glass helped me out a little bit with Brotherhood, but uh, the first series it was both of us. But it was um, but prior to FMA, um, we had used Vic Mignogna in. Um, as Broly in Dragon Ball Z. Mm -hmm. And we had one or two of the Houston talent pool come up. Uh, Monica Rial was in um, was the show. Kitty Grade. Uh, and Mike Center Nicholas, I think, had a brief appearance in Kitty Grade as well. So it, it had been touched on here and there, but uh, it wasn't so much the, hey, wouldn't it be neat if we got out of town, folks? Uh, it was more along the lines of, wouldn't it be awesome if we got 
what we consider to be the perfect voice actor for each of these roles, and it doesn't matter where they live. That was that was more along the lines of what it uh, was like rather than let's get some L.A. people, let's get some Vancouver people, whatever. Like, you know, who would be an awesome Hohenheim? Who would be an awesome uh, Izumi? And um, we, we went from there. And luckily, a lot of the folks that we asked to work with us on it were uh, excited to be part of the project. And despite the, you know, the travel and everything else involved, they really wanted to be part of it. So it worked so- out great. So I guess you just answered this question. How do you get talent out of state? Do you have to fly them in, or, or can you sometimes just work over Skype? Uh, Skype uh, will never work for this sort of work. Um, you can, you know, if, you, if you're somewhere else in another studio and the studio has fantastic equipment, whatever else, you can give direction on Skype. Um, but uh, you really need to be in person to do the actual uh, dub work. Uh, and so the actors uh, have to fly in. Uh, there are a few... Um, circumstances where we don't have to do that um like in the instance of pickup lines um <laughs> if there is a mis- you know if if the if there's a mispronunciation or if the line ends up not playing well off of a, the other actor once the actor's in place um i can send notes to the actor uh, like vic mignana for instance has uh studio access he has his own studio and uh it's very nice equipment so he can send me a corrected read if i send him the information that i need to do uh, that I need for it to work with. I've seen um, rumors or postings online here and there in forums of uh, Vic recorded all of FMA from his house. You can totally do it. He re- <laughs> that's not true at all. <laughs> he uh, gave me some gave me some pickup lines here and there, but he always had to come in and record in person to do the work. Um, Kyle Abear and uh, Kevin M Connolly uh, recorded m- most of, if not all, of their roles from studios outside of uh, Texas, but it was an instance where that was the only way they could keep their role and, and get it done, and uh, the process was I had to go through and record their lines for them with the read and volume and inflection that I wanted, and I sent them that, and I said, this is what, you know, it needs to be this long, this loud, these are the important words to stress, send me back, um, you know, three or four close to this, you know, you, you can have some freedom of your own to uh, throw your own flavor on it or whatever, but I need it to be kind of like this for it to work with everything else around me. And then they would do that and send it back to me, and I'd put it in place. And the engineer would have to go through um, because of the differences in equipment here and there, and run an EQ and run a whole bunch of other stuff to make it sound like it was tracked, you know, the same place as everybody else. Um, uh, that's, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Kind of, you know, no worries. It's it's just kind of, it's kind of time consuming to do that way that way. Uh, and I would only allow it to or, you know, certain smaller roles like that. It could never do, like, Edward or Alphonse or something with them not being there. That actually brings me up to another question. Um, when you do send, and I think you kind of answered this, when you do send uh, voice actors who are out of state uh, to, to record their lines, do you actually have to send them the video, or do you just uh, is it just a recording yourself and be like, try to match this, and this will match the lip flap? Um, most of the time it's just the audio. Um, I'll send them like, um, an example or I'll, 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 sometimes I'll send the video along with it, but it's not in a, um, ADR session where it's prepared to sync to that. It'll just be, here's the video, here are the lines. You can kind of follow along to see where everything fits, but you don't have to record it to video because I already have. So just match my timing down to the frame and it should fit. Okay. Um, our next question is. Uh, is there anybody in the industry that you haven't worked with that you'd like to work with? Um, as far as like uh, recording anime and such, uh, yeah. Uh, luckily, I've 
I've gotten to work with several people that I've uh, wanted to work with in the past um, that have been able to come to Dallas. Or I've, you know, there's been one or two occasions when I've been out to uh, Los Angeles and directed a few things out there. But people that I still haven't gotten to work with that I just like, uh, you know, I like as friends of mine and I like their work. I think they're super talented and whatever else uh, and haven't had a chance yet would be like um, Liam O'Brien and Kari Walgren and um, Steve Bloom. I'm sure there's more besides them, but those are the first three that come to mind. Now, um, according to your IMDb, you wrote the ADR script for Helsing Ultimate Episode 2. Um, now that the newest episodes are going to be dubbed, are, are you going to be working on the new scripts? or? Uh, I am not. I actually helped out uh, Talos and Jaffe with that particular episode. I didn't write the entire thing, but I wrote about half of it. Okay. Um, there was a a time crunch on um, that particular script, and it, well, it was while Talison was living here and working on back with uh, myself and for Bevins, and he was going to have to fly back to Los Angeles, and the clock was ticking very loudly for him. <laughs> so he and I sat down over a weekend and um, worked on the script together, and, and I would read off what he had done, and uh, you know, I passed back what I had done to him, give notes back and forth, so that we had a congruent script that sounded like it was you know one idea and one person but uh i think talison himself handled uh, everything else from here out yeah and then he got a big old break for a couple of years there didn't he a couple of years yeah yep. i, I uh, he he might be the only person that's more excited than i am to see the helsing stuff i love helsing ultimate uh, I mean, the first helsing series is fun and good but i love helsing ultimate and i can't wait to see the rest of it yeah i'm i'm ecstatic that the last one's coming out in japan finally and we're finally getting the dub over here because the dub in my personal opinion, is is one of those few shows that it's very superior to to the original, especially with the accents. Yeah, I really like the Helsing dub. I think Talison and uh, you know everyone else involved with that production did a fantastic job. Now, um, speaking, I guess we kind of just touched on this, but uh, how much artistic license do you take when directing a show? Meaning, how how do you decide to be faithful to the Japanese version to make it more sense in English? Uh, you know, where where's the give and take? Um, for most of the things that I line produce and or uh, are the ADR director on, um, I try to keep it as close as possible. Um, I don't want to localize it too much. Um, I also try to go to the trouble to uh, pronounce the Japanese names and terms correctly rather than completely romanizing them and just giving an American R or an American L or, you know, however you'd like to look at it. Um, and uh, I'll possibly even throw in some honorifics if it looks like it's very specifically in Japan and a specific, uh, especially if it's like a, uh, a time period piece, you know, if it mm -hmm. takes place in the 1700s or 1800s or something, there will be chans and sans and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't um, tend to stray too far from it. Uh, I think with, with a comedy, uh, depending on what type of comedy it is, it's okay to make sure that the material is still funny uh if the you know if the puns don't work in english or if the pop culture reference or whatever doesn't work in english find some way to make it work but without making it sound dated i don't want to throw pop culture references uh of my own in there as well because i don't want to groan five years from now when i watch it right yeah um i've heard that many voice actors never watch the show in japanese and instead let the director guide them so so that when they can discover things as the characters they actually discover them um it shows right. that you direct is it difficult uh, to do that because you have to be much more familiar with the material or does that just not cross your mind 
Um, it's not that it doesn't cross my mind, but for me, since I am um, putting on many hats to take care of that, it doesn't interfere with my performance. I, I still know what it is that I need to get done, and I'm uh, once again, I still hold myself to the same level of uh, uh, criticisms that I would for other actors when they come in. Now, um, what are some skills that some ADR directors should possess? What's a, what's a good skill set? Um, ADR directors should be good communicators. Uh, you should be able to read your actors as they come in and figure out what works for them and what doesn't. Some react, uh, actors work very well with specific technical direction. Some of them need uh, much more emotional context. Um, some of them don't need much at all if they're very familiar with the characters. Like my, um, my One Piece cast, who are now like in the middle of the 200s, I don't need to tell them what their character's motivation is very much, or I don't need to remind them of what the character's voice sounds like. It's more or less just making sure that everything, uh, everything fits, you know, everything sounds the way that it's supposed to. I'll fill in the gaps of the storylines where they're not on screen to make sure that they're clued in as to what's going on. Um, an ADR director should be patient. Um, if you, if you're very lucky to work with some super talented people that can do this type of work and excel at it, you get quite spoiled and then you find yourself very frustrated when you're working with a newer actor that can't just knock everything out of the park in one to two reads. You have to be patient, you have to work through it, and you have to make sure that you get the best out of everyone. Um, you need to be uh, adaptive and collaborative um, in, in the sense that you can't be very focused and um, you can't be focused on getting one particular set of ideas out. You have to be open to the engineer's ideas. You have to be open to the actor's ideas. You do have to be in charge and you do have to make the final call, but you can't put on you know horse blinders and insist that everything go in one specific particular direction. It's always good to guide and it's always good to have a specific direction to go in. But if someone else has a brilliant idea, then you need to go with it, and uh, because it serves the show, uh, it serves the show the best. You mentioned One Piece just a second ago, and uh, of course, uh, the big show is DBZ. When you work on these long-running shows, do you ever find the task really daunting to get through, through the all you know all those movies and and those episodes? You know, there's 291 episodes in Z alone. Yeah, um, One Piece is definitely much longer than than Z. I think uh, it's probably longer than the entire Dragon Ball universe right now. Well, mm -hmm. Kai may have pushed it just over the top, but it's going to catch right back up very soon. Yeah. Um, I don't look at it from the uh, entire amount of material that I have to cover. I look at it for each individual chunk of work that I'm working on. Um, like if I'm working on a One Piece movie, it's just that movie. If I'm working on a particular story arc or a batch of episodes, it's just that batch of episodes. We recently went through all of the um, um, Davy back fight stuff with uh, with the Foxy crew. And I wasn't looking beyond that to the Water 7 stuff or whatever happens next. It was just a, a matter of getting through that particular arc. And once that's wrapped up, then, you know, you move on to the next part. Um, obviously, with a show like DBZ or In Peace, you always have to keep in mind that um, no one ever truly goes away and they're probably going to yeah. pop back up at some point. So you have to keep that in mind with your casting. You know, if uh, if you do have to 
recycle some of your actors and get them to do a different voice or something else. With One Piece and Dragon Ball, it's it's uh, easier to do so because it's a little bit more, uh, for lack of a better word, cartoony. You can get away with a kind of a character type big voice more so than you would with like Ghost in the Shell or um, Full Metal Alchemist or something like that where it's a little bit more um, human sounding rather than over the top and broad sounding. Uh, but if you do make casting choices like that, you have to make sure that those two characters aren't going to run into each other down the line. Uh, as I, uh, Although you can get away with it, I would just prefer not to have, like, um, you know, let's say, for instance, Colleen Clinkenbeard talking to Colleen Clinkenbeard with a child played by Colleen Clinkenbeard in the same scene. Oh, That's, yeah. that must be fun for her. <laughs> well, I mean, I <laughs> plan is to never, ever have to have her do that, so... <laughs> um. Anyways, I'm sure you've heard, but there's a new DBZ movie coming out of Japan right now. Yes, I've heard about that. It's not a special. It's, it's an actual movie. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Funimation is going to get the license for that eventually. Uh, would, you be willing, would you be willing I'm to direct sure. the dub to uh, the movie? I'm sure they'll try for it. I mean, each, each individual, um, individual project, uh, even if we already have the license or something, that still has to be negotiated and it all has to be worked out. So I'm sure because of our longstanding relationship with Toye and how much Dragon Ball we've released before – that it'll be something that will come up for sure, but it's it's not necessarily like a done deal or anything. Right. Um, if, if it did happen, uh, sure, I'd love to. Um, I'm sure that uh, Christopher Sabat would love to as well. Um, maybe Chris Bevins. A lot of a lot of folks up there have had uh, their paintbrush on the uh, Dragon Ball painting for many uh, many occasions. So. If it, yeah, if it happened to land in my lap, sure, it'd be fun. I haven't got to work on Dragon Ball as a director in a long time, and it'd be fun to do it again. Um, and and you mentioned uh, all these other directors, but uh, I want to go back to Fullmetal Alchemist real quick. You mentioned that you worked with uh, Colleen, I believe, on yes. on the dub. How 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 is it to collaborate with another director? Does that make your job easier, or you know, do you guys always have to have one mind, or you have disagreements or stuff like that? Um, we can have disagreements here and there. Luckily with Colleen, she and I usually, as directors, uh, see a lot of things eye to eye. Um, if we don't, we talk, you know, we talk through it and try to figure out what's going on or, you know, we, we reconcile it in some format. I don't think we've ever just had some sort of a disagreement where it's come down to, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. <laughs> Normally it's come through of, uh, well, let's, let's find out why this is you know, why you have this stance and why I have this other stance. But I don't even actually recall an instance where that was happening with her. She and I um, tend to have a like mind on a lot of uh, a lot of directing and stylistic choices. Um, with that particular one, she and I were, were equals, uh, with Justin Cook being the line producer and uh, Colleen and I being the ADR directors. With uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, it was easier in that I was in charge and I was working with Caitlin Glass. So if it came down to it, I got to have the final call, and it wasn't like a um, equal sort of situation. But I put a lot of faith and trust and respect in Caitlin Glass, and you know she knows what I expect out of my directors. And it, there was never an instance that came up where, you know, same thing. We we, we see things uh, very eye to eye, and there was never any uh, headbutting. So it worked out well. Um, I I would think so because you know you are working at the same material, and you get so close to it that. You know, you you do eventually just see eye to eye on stuff, and just like, yep, that's that's the way this character has to react or not react or whatever. Correct. Yes. Um, and uh, ha 
coming into your voice acting stuff, has there ever been a role that you found difficult to voice for any reason, whether it be physically exhausting or mentally draining, et cetera? Um, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's been a few. It's mostly because of the physically exhausting and draining. Um, Baby from Dragon Ball GT uh, was pretty harsh on my throat. Um, uh, it's, it's in the same area uh, that I use uh, my voice for Buggy from One Piece, so that's also one that hurt from time to time because it's just very scratchy and gravelly and there's a lot of yelling involved. Uh, and then one that's not quite so obvious that I do remember being quite trying uh, physically was uh, Ritsu in Fruits Basket. It's only around for one episode, but there was lots and lots of high-pitched yelling and screaming, and there was uh, moments where the character would just run around, and they would take these artistic, stylistic, uh, creative uh, flows where they would draw them very broad and openly, almost like it was just a bunch of squiggles with a mouth, and matching that timing became uh, became a little uh, trying with all of the screaming and yelling involved. Um. Now, uh, let's get into your work outside of anime. Outside of anime, what, what kind of work do you do? Um, I still do commercial work. I work on feature films, short films, independent films. Um, I still do a lot of voiceover, radio ads and such. Uh, I'll work on industrial films, either on camera or as the narrative voice. Um, I, for a long time, had an um, ongoing improv show. Uh, it went on for a little over 10 years where it was either once or twice a week, every week for a decade. Um, I don't do that quite as much as I used to, but I still do it. And then I also, from time to time, do uh, solo acoustic gigs and sing, do three or four hour gigs at various um, bars and coffee houses and such in the area for fun and profit. <laughs> now, a lot of a lot of fans that are you know wanting to get into voice acting usually just see anime and that's it. Uh, and, and in your personal opinion, how important is it to have work outside of anime? It it depends on how involved you are. I mean, uh, if you are just a voice actor, it's quite important because um, you know there's only so much work to go around. But as an actor, you should just be seeking acting work to begin with. Um, I don't really know of a lot of professional actors who only do one type of thing. You know, like even if it's just voice work, they'll do you know lots of the things I just mentioned. They'll do radio spots, they'll do industrial stuff, they'll do narratives, they'll do political ads, they'll do a whole bunch of things that all involve using their voice uh, as a voice actor. Um, there's people who I work with on a very regular basis that are professional stage actors, they're, you know, they're equity, they're in shows all the time, they do commercials, they'll come in and work for me for three or four hours. Um, you know, that type, uh, that type of work. Uh, Many of them are very fortunate enough uh, to just be actors and get that type of work. Uh, there's a, a good percentage of them that aren't so lucky, and you know they'll have other jobs they have to do, other responsibilities, other types of employment that aren't even acting at all in order to make all ends meet. Yeah, because I often see like from fans that you know just uh, voice acting in anime. That's all I want to do, and I keep telling them like you. There's other stuff out there. You shouldn't just limit yourself to that one thing. If that's what you want to do, great. But you should go out and seek other things as well. Well, you know, it's it's 
it just becomes something where uh, you know once you start doing it, even if that's your passion or whatever, uh, you just it's it's more interesting to broaden your horizons. It's not even necessarily a financial thing. I mean, we have people like um, Brad Pitt and um, um, oh goodness, forgetting some names here. There's a bunch of um, on-camera stars who really don't need to do anything else because they're uh, they do so well with on-camera acting. But they'll start clothing companies. They'll start their own film production companies, they'll start charities, they'll do a whole bunch of other stuff uh, because it's it's more interesting. It leads for an interesting life. You know, there's a lot more going on uh, than just one specific type of work. And none of those guys need to do those types of, types of things. It's just, it's of great interest to them. It's a passion. and It's, uh, it's reflected on all levels. Now, um, a lot of actors, and, and voice actors specifically, uh, seem to have a background in music. Do you find that to be important or just something that kind of just helps? Um, it definitely helps. I don't think that it's necessary uh, or essential or super important. I have found that a lot of voice actors that have a musical background tend to get used to the ADR process uh, more quickly. They uh, are better about working with the timing. Like, you know, I still have to get this type of read. I still need it to sound natural i still need there to be a lot of emotion behind it but it has to be you know, three seconds and 12 frames long <laughs> uh and and they can get used to that a lot quicker than uh, let's say a stage actor who's used to making um, all their own choices uh, across the board on how they approach the material now uh we're getting into the tatami stuff yeah uh, is there ever been a show that you've directed produced or acted basically just worked on that you've wanted to see on tatami uh, yeah, um, I would of course love for One Piece to come back. I think it's such a fantastic show um, in any language. Uh, of, of course, you know, Toonami would be showing the the dub, and that would <laughs> that be awesome. But I, I I just think people should, in general, watch more One Piece. I think it's such just a fantastic show, and I can't believe uh, the ideas that Oda has and how long it's been able to keep going and not be in fillerville all the time. Like it constantly moves forward. It's great. Um, so I'd love more One Piece on there. As far as shows that have never been on, um, I worked on a vampire show recently called Shiki that I would love to see on Toonami, um, especially with some of the more bleak stuff that they've had on lately, like uh, Kasher and Sins, which uh, I, I like it that that's on there. It's a very sad show, but it's very stylistic and beautiful. I can't remember um, anything that's quite that stylized being on, uh, at least that's a drama that's been on there before like that. Um but uh, yeah, Shiki is a, a really cool show, and I would love to see it on there. And um, another series I worked on maybe like a year or two years ago called Eden of the East, uh, I think would be a great addition to, to Nami. And they could use the moniker uh, directed by the same guy who did Ghost in the Shell, Kenji Kayama. Yes. <laughs> That's another one of my favorite shows. Yeah, yes, could, Jose, we know it's your favorite the, show. Could show the series, and then they could break down the movies into you know either smaller episodes or just have a night of like you know get rid of some of the other normal shows they have for a run of an Eden of the East film or whatever. But I think uh, a broad audience uh, would really dig that show. I think that it's uh, I think it's exciting and fun, and I, I think that it was well executed, and um, I loved working on the dub of it. And I, I think that the the English performances are, are really well done. And props to the actors. 
Um, and uh, since we're on the we're on the topic of Toonami, what do you think about its current state? What and what do you think it could do to improve in your mind? Um, I'm so glad that it's back. <laughs> um, as far as uh, improving, I'm not sure. I mean, it, it always uh, boils down to how many people can we get to watch it. You know, uh, what sort of advertising can be done? What sort of word of mouth can we get on it? I believe that the material is there. I believe that they offer up interesting things to watch. They just started with um, Samurai 7, and they've got um, Erica 7 doing another run, and I'm sure that they're going to have new material coming up sometime soon as well. So um, it's not just a bunch of recycled stuff. It's you know a few old favorites and a few new things. So I, I really think it's just a matter of word of mouth and advertising um, and getting people behind it because I, I think that the material is there. I think they have some, some good programming and I think it'll only get better as uh, the viewership goes up. And, um, you know, the ultimate question that I like to ask a lot of people, do you think Toonami was uh, instrumental in making anime far more accessible than it had ever been? I definitely think that it made it far more accessible. I mean, granted there was anime uh, that had reached our shores in the past, uh, it's not like Toonami um, put was uh, you know was around at the time that Speed Racer and Battle of the Planets and Voltron and some of these other things had hit. But um, as far as the huge modern um, and by modern I mean going back to the '90s, as as the the modern fan base is concerned, I know a lot of people watched their first anime on Toonami. Um, and our, our last of our questions. Uh... Any upcoming conventions that we could possibly see you at? Anyone you want to plug? Uh, it's been a light summer for me. I've been um, working around the Dallas area a lot, and I've been working on um, writing some One Piece scripts. But I am going to be at uh, Anime Syracuse Festival uh, at the end of September, on the 29th of September. Uh, for the rest of the year, I'm not sure what what I have lined up. That's the next one that's coming down the pipe is the end of September. Is that Syracuse, New York? Yes. Hmm, I might have to try to get there. <laughs> It'll be myself and Monica Rial and Chuck Huber as far as the guests that I can recall being on their guest list. Uh, where is it Where is it at in Syracuse? Um, is it the State Fairgrounds? Is that correct? Oh, okay. So you're going to be at the State Fair. I believe so. Okay. So you should all go see him. Yes. Yes, you should. I might have to do that myself. And, and uh, uh, yeah, check Check online for more information about it. I could be wrong on the State Fair thing, but yeah, Anime Syracuse Festival, uh, end of September. There should be uh, some nice uh, online info for you. Okay. Alrighty. And uh, now we have some fan questions that, that uh, our fans went ahead and sent us in, and of course fans of yours. Uh, Captain Jesus. Captain, that's an awesome name. Captain Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love our fans. We love our fans. Uh, he asks, "What are some? Uh, what are the factors in choosing anime to be dubbed? Is a dub script usually written out uh, for the whole series before voice recording starts, or do you focus one episode at a time?" Um, usually, uh, uh, what was the first part of the question? His question was, was, "What are the factors in choosing an anime to be dubbed?" Um, for Funimation, I th I think we pretty much. Uh, dub everything across the board so I, I don't think we license anything that hasn't been dubbed so that's taken care of by the powers that be above us as far as how much we handle at once we usually get at least five or script uh, five or six scripts done 
before we start into the uh, recording process. And hopefully, um, hopefully the show is either mostly out or all the way out where we can watch it raw with one of our official translations and see the entire plot line and the entire uh, storyline before we start casting and before we start getting into it. Obviously, with something like One Piece or Dragon Ball, you, you, know, you can't do that. Um, there's just too much material to take in before you start. So you just get as much done as you can beforehand. Research online for some other important characters and some other important uh, important events that come up, and cast accordingly. And um, from the SMF, uh, he asks about Master Roshi. Uh, how how is uh, how it felt to have a character in Dragon Ball uh, who played a major development in Goku's character and skills reduced to a in my opinion, not so, but reduced to a meaningless minor character in Dragon Ball Z whose job is only to peep at Android 18. <laughs> uh, he peeped at a few more people besides just Android 18. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, well, he did have a much larger role in Dragon Ball, um, but, you know, if, if there's not a place for him, I don't think that you should just shove the characters in for the sake of having them there... Um, just to be on screen. So his role wasn't uh, as big in Dragon Ball Z, and, and that's fine. That's where he needed to be in the story. Uh, I Personally, not because uh, Master Roshi was in it more, but I just like Dragon Ball of those three series. Uh, uh, that's my favorite of the three. I like the amount of action and comedy that's combined in that one. Yeah, Z, and, was, Z was very serious. Yeah, Z was very serious, and I, I liked the slightly rounder, slightly... Um, you know, once again, for lack of a better word, cartoonier look of Dragon Ball. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with Dragon Ball Z, but if I'm going to have to pick one as my preference, I really like the, the original Dragon Ball. And I'm going to stand up for Master Roshi a little bit. Um, <laughs> in uh, in Dragon Ball Z, you know, he 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 isn't that of important character, but he's also the comic relief when when things are just way too serious. And we that that to me is a very important role because if it's pulled off wrong, you know, it, it could fall flat on its face, and it never does. Oh, so. awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, I appreciate that. And uh, so does Akira Toriyama, I'm assuming. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to be uh, the comedic relief, especially for something like Dragon Ball Z, where it's just so weighty and heavy and serious. I was going to say, and, and he's, like you said, in Dragon Ball, he's, he's a very key role in developing Goku. So Plus, you get to see him, you know, in action a lot more in, in Dragon Ball, so... Yeah, you have the Jackie Chun stuff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, Wes195 says, Mr. McFarlane, I don't mean to sound rude, but are you ever going to finish the Gray Man's dub, and are you really dubbing One Piece again? And I assume the answer to that second question is yes. We absolutely are. I mean, um, Season 4, uh, First Voyage, just came out a week or two weeks ago, and that proves that we've been working on One Piece. <laughs> um, and we're still working on it right now. We're in the midst, tw- getting towards the end of the Water 7 arc, for those who are, who are familiar with the material. Um, the Gray Man, I really didn't have that much to do with it. I wasn't the line producer, I wasn't the director, and I had a very small uh, recurring role in it. So I have no idea what's going on with the Gray Man. Um, all right, our next question is from Finchomatic. Uh, what motivates you to do voice acting for Funimation for such animes like One Piece? What motivates me to? Yeah. That's what um, well, I, I, I find, um, you know, I'm, 
I'm rewarded creative, uh, creatively. Uh, I think it's fun work. Um, and, you know, obviously I have to make a living, but, you know, I could make a living doing lots of things. I'm just very fortunate that I can make a living uh, doing something that I find so much fulfillment in, both, uh, you know, emotionally and as an as a acting challenge and, you know, as whatever else you'd like to look at it. I, I enjoy that type of work. So. Um, and our last question from the talk back uh, before we get into Facebook questions and I'll filter the Facebook questions. Um, Please do. Yeah, because some of them are not fun. No. Um, have you, from Trey 303, have you heard any chance of, for season two of Dead Man Wonderland? It's an amazing series. What are your thoughts? Um, and I'm going to keep it to the second part of that question. What are your thoughts on Dead Man Wonderland? I haven't got to see much of Dead Man Wonderland. Uh, it was another, you know, much like the Gray Man, or even to a greater extent, I was, I don't think I was involved with Dead Man at all. I'm not even sure if I did a bit role in it. It's one of the shows that I want to see, um, if I'm not on the production team on it, uh, I have to really devote most of my time to what I'm actually working on. But I want to, let's see, of the shows that have recently come out that I want to grab a, you know, Funimation copy that I can take home and watch or whatever. I want to see Princess Jellyfish. I want to see Dead Man Wonderland. Uh, I want to see Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fans want to see that. Yeah. A lot of people want to see that on Tanami too. That's a- there's a few, yeah, that would be a fun show. Uh, from what little I've seen and what little I've worked on, it looks fantastic and crass and awesome. Um, but those are ones that I want to sit down and watch. Uh, I used to watch a lot more anime, and I used to watch a lot of anime that you know that wasn't even Funimation licensed stuff. Um, you know, once again, I, I, we've mentioned Helsing before. I, I love that one. I love Wolf's Reign. I love Cowboy Bebop. Uh, um, Rod the TV. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that I didn't have anything to do with that I, I love watching. I just I don't have as much time as I used to because of how deeply involved with uh, production that I am. So cool. I haven't seen Dead Man, to get back to the original question, but I, I look forward to watching it. And I have no idea on the second season of it at all, <laughs> being yeah. that I wasn't very involved with it to begin with. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I figured. <laughs> all right. And let's see from Facebook real quick. Picking none of the Raza Mig. I'm so gonna butcher this name. Um, Raza Mig Vahi Kasarhardajin. I am so sorry. Good job. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say that too. <laughs> You've made it. You I made, made it to the end of that name. And he's Yay. from Crescent City, California. Uh, he asked, How awesome are you? How awesome am I? Uh, I guess that varies with a uh, level of uh, people's perspective on awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did pay Master Roshi, so yeah, so that's awesome I'm, in my book. I am uh, always striving to be more awesome than I am, and how awesome I am will depend on which day you ask me. Well, you know, what 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 do I feel like when I get up, and what do I feel like at the end of the day? Actually, I should say Havoc. Havoc is my favorite role, one of my favorite roles in, in Fullmetal Alchemist. It's a shame he gets taken out so early in Brotherhood. Oh, thank you. I I, I love that role, and um, I. Yeah, there there was less for him to do in Brotherhood, much like Dra- uh, Roshi and Dragon Ball Z. But you know, once again, it's that's where he needed to be. So. Yeah. And you have a little bit of payoff there at the end of the series too. So. Now I have no idea what this person is referring to. Uh, you okay. might, so I'm I'm, I'm just going to ask it. Nick Martinez like asks, uh, "Would you ever do the voice of Gosei Knight if Toei brought the Tensu Sentai Gosiger 
I hope I'm pronouncing any of these right, to the United States, as in but in English. No Power Rangers adaptation. I guess what he wants is an, a, a straight-up adaptation of the Sentai show? Huh. Um, well, I mean, I, I <laughs> once again, I, I like working, and if there's a fun challenge behind it, then sure, I'd love to be a part of it. Um, but beyond that, I, I'm not familiar with that material, so I, I can't be, I can't give you a super enthusiastic answer rather than, sure, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it's referring to either, so yeah. I, I was hoping you knew. All right. <laughs> we Some of these questions were weird on Facebook, so. Yeah, that's why we stick to the Denami Faithful stuff. Um, yeah. But that was our last question, uh, and thank you so much for joining us. Oh, is, thanks for having me. It has been a true pleasure, uh, and uh, thank you, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be right back. Yep. Thanks, guys. All righty. And we're back. Wow, that was a long interview. Yes, it was. Actually, that really was a long... I know we're staying, like, because uh, we just came from recording the other thing, but that really was a long interview. It was it a long was. interview. But it was a lot of fun, and he was a great guy. And I was glad that you didn't use all the Facebook pit questions, because... Yeah, some of them sucked. I saw them. They were ridiculous questions. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah um, guys, when we put up Ask a Question... A question not to ask is, can I have an autograph? Okay. Yeah, that's a really stupid question. That's a stupid question. Okay. I know some of you guys are trying to be funny on there, and I understand that. And I could take the humor, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not going to ask that question on the podcast. If you really want me to ask the question, pose a good question, not, can I have an autograph, please? Yeah that, yeah, that just sounds really condescending. <laughs> That's not cool. No, it's not cool. And I was not going to disrespect Mike by saying that either. So, But, um, yeah, so I think we're going to end the show now, unless any of you guys have something you wanted to say. Pre-order Dead Man Wonderland October 7th on RightStuffOrAmazon.com, because if we get it to trend, we get a second season. I hope. <laughs> I love that. I hope. No promises. No promises. <laughs> And we may be seeing a commercial for that from Jose as well. Yeah, I might, I might do one. I might, you know, lift up my sleeves, go into the full final cut or the Avid or the Premiere. I can't pick which one I want to use. <laughs> and remember, good. <laughs> and remember, you have to make that video by the end of October. I know. Shut up, <laughs> Eric. You're going down. <laughs> but um, I can pronounce my own name correctly. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're still pissed. About I really that. am like upset about that. But anyways, oh, well, right. he pronounced my name wrong the first time, and I yelled at him for that. So he didn't. He didn't pronounce your name wrong. He said Paul. Pichero. No, no, no. He sent me. He sent me. He did it the first time. He sent me the link. It was wrong, and I said to him, "Pronounce it right, or I'm not putting it up." And he pronounced. Oh, and he it. didn't show me the same courtesy. <laughs> no, I thought I thought he pronounced your name. No, right. he maybe, didn't. Maybe, Maybe it wasn't the first one. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> I think Cal cares. He still mentioned your name. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I know. He still mentioned your name, and you're just like, how dare you? <laughs> oh, oh, my man. God. We have so much fun. We're such show. assholes, by the way. <laughs> People really, do all this nice really, stuff we for really us, and we're don't. just like, F you. F you. 
<laughs> Seriously though, Jose, I think I do think he did say your name right in the first first one, and then I just didn't catch it on the second one. Was all. I apologize. Well, fuck uh, you too then. <laughs> <laughs> I still love you, Jose. Okay. I love you too, but you're an asshole. <laughs> it's quite all right. <laughs> all the, right. the correct response is laughter. <laughs> the correct response to la- is laughter. Everybody, don't. We're not serious. Please don't take us serious, because I, I hear a lot of you guys taking us serious, and I'm just like, guys, we're joking around, okay? Yeah, I feel like That's the laughter's a dead giveaway. That's part of the reason why we have a show because we get along with each other so well. Yep. And That's the other reason why I want to have. That's the other reason why Darrell will be on. Is because Although when we- I turn this shit off, I'm gonna rip you a new one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bring it! As the Rock would say, just bring it, bitch. Anyways. You can't uh, handle this jabroni. <laughs> that's the only gonna, thing I remember check, from wrestling. Check you into the SmackDown Hotel. All right, that's new. <laughs> <laughs> Vintage rock. That's all I got to say. But anyways. Um, so We're trying to end the show. We fucking failed oh, at it. We're trying to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out how much of this is actually airable. I know, and you're probably going to put some of this at the end of the podcast. I'm going to gut this thing like a fucking fish. Yes, you are. But anyway, so um, we're going to end the show. Next week, we're going to have, obviously, Darrell is going to be on, which is going to be awesome. And uh, we're actually going to go back to topics. If you guys haven't noticed, we didn't have a topic for the last couple of podcasts because we've had a lot of material. So we apologize, but we're going to no, have a don't. topic. F- that. They got a lot of stuff. <laughs> they, they got a lot of stuff. They, a, <laughs> they got a lot of stuff. But anyways, <laughs> f- you. Next week's topic f- you, will be- viewers. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> we probably should have been viewers. Show, guys. Can I end the show, please? No. No, you can't end the show. It. We want to keep going for <laughs> another <laughs> hour. Oh my God. So, anyway, yeah. But, anyways, this week's topic will be anime license. Yes, which I'm doing a lot of heavy research on, which by doing heavy research, I mean ripping <laughs> off Justin Zabakis' interview, uh, not interview, article on Anime News Network. Yes, you will. So I'll um, rip the crap out of that off. Tune into that, and hopefully you guys will get some insight onto why Toonami can or cannot get certain shows. Yep. So for that, I think we're going to end the show. Finally. And finally. Finally. <laughs> so for the Toonami Faithful Podcast, I'm Paul Pascrill. You can follow me at Toonami News, as usual, which has more followers than Jose. Yeah, go <laughs> f*** yourself. <laughs> and as always, at Paul Pascrillo on Twitter. And any of the 500 Facebook pages that we have. Literally. Yeah, Literally. we have like 500. It's ridiculous. And Jose. Oh, it's my turn. Um, yeah. Well, I'll let Daniel go first. Oh, you're so nice. Daniel. I am nice. Ladies first. Oh. <laughs> I see what he did there. Anyways. <laughs> I love that. I see what he did there. Um, you can follow me at Zero Gamer on Twitter. And uh, you can follow me. Or you can message me on the forums. It's just zero. All right. Now it's my turn. Um, just so, just as a quick reminder, we have gotten contest entries for the NES chain contest. Uh, I would like to get Which more. Which was one of the surprises for last podcast, in case you guys didn't know that. Yes. I would like to get more entries for the, con- uh, for the contest. So if you want to enter, all you need to do to get a free NES chain from Richie, or signed by him for you, the Toonami faithful, all you need to do is email me at j-e-a-r-g-u-m-e-d-o at tunamifaithful.com 
with uh, with the subject line NES Chain Contest. Doesn't have to be in that order. Just has to have those three words so I know what the hell you're talking about. And I actually have one now. Right and um, if you if you um if you put something in the body that's funny, great. But it's not going to affect the entry at all. I'm just going to pick a name out of a hat. Um, <laughs> but uh. I have gotten some funny stuff that I will share with you guys after the show. Yes, please do. Um, and by the way, thank you for the chain, by the way. No problem. You need uh, to send me one. <laughs> no, nah, no, I have yours. I have yours. I, well, he sent me mine because I'm going tonight, which, by the way, guys, again, um, well, you guys won't hear that, so never mind. I won't say that. But I will talk about the Richie interview uh, next podcast. Or not the Richie interview. The concert. The concert. I'll talk about that, my experience tonight. And let you guys let you guys know on how that went. That and great. Um, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at j e a r g u m e d o, which is my personal Twitter account and doesn't have the words tsunami in it, so I don't get a thousand <laughs> followers. Uh, I love that. Oh, um, I love how that pisses me And off. Uh, yeah, uh, Paul, you should uh, go down to the pharmacy, get this little thing called Viagra, and it'll help you go fuck yourself. <laughs> You probably won't end up putting that in the podcast. <laughs> I bet I will. <laughs> and all right, we're out. for we're real, dead. we're out. Thank you, everybody. Peace. Thank you for being the best audience ever because we got yes. it to the top hundred because you guys. Thank you so much. Yes, peace. thank you. Love thank and you. peace. <laughs>